Sports Social with Ed Easton. We are live here on Soundcast FM, Brooklyn, New York. Got Miss Naomi Gray in the building. She has the fresh tan. Everything is good. It was 4th of July weekend. How did, you, did you enjoy your 4th of July weekend? I enjoyed it a lot. Like, I usually, like, for the past, like, five years, <laughs> I haven't had 4th of July plans. So it was, like, nice to have actual plans and not be lost the day of figuring out what to do. So I enjoyed it a lot. Nice, nice. Yeah, mine was pretty okay. You know, I mean, I uh, did some things, hung out with some friends. Um, I should have went by the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest because, uh, you know, that's always a fun event to show up to. Mm-hmm. See a whole bunch of grown men eat 70 hot dogs. Ugh. Right? That's, that's that's great. It gives me a stomachache thinking about it. Uh, yeah, teach his own. <laughs> um, you know, obviously, a lot of stuff going on. And, uh, you know, I've talked about free agency a little bit yesterday. Kevin Durant doing his big move. Uh, we had another big move in Dwayne Wade. He's now officially going to sign with the Chicago Bulls. Going to go home. That's what he's calling it. Going home, signing with the Chicago Bulls. Two-year deal worth about $47 million. And it's funny because he wanted 50 Yeah. And Miami was only going to give him 40 So you're trying to tell me Pat Riley didn't want to spend the extra $7 million that probably would have brought him back? That's, that's, that's a little bit much, but we're going to get into that. We're going to really dive into that in a minute. Just the whole Dwayne Wade, his legacy in Miami. What can he bring to Chicago? And who in Chicago can hit a three-point shot? Because they're you talk about having Rondo, Wade, and Butler all on the same team. And they have some of the worst three-point field goal percentages in NBA history. It's going to be interesting. So uh, definitely break that team down. Uh, talk about the other free agent signings, um, especially like just recently. I think Richard Jefferson was just signed again last night after he just said that he retired. <laughs> He's back with Cleveland. You see, he's back for two years. So, figure that out. Um, what do the Thunder do with Russell Westbrook? That's the big story. Because Kevin Durant gets, uh, you know, he signs his contract today. He gets the press conference with Golden State. We probably won't be able to cover it because it's not going to be until a little bit later after the show. But, um, you know, a lot going on in, in regards to the NBA. Then, um, obviously, baseball all-star game coming up. Uh they're still trying to pick the home run derby in regards to that. Giancarlo Stanton, I think he's the first person in I don't know how many years to go four straight at-bats with a home run, all against the Mets, which is worth noting. I just want to put that out there. Um, UFC, big story. John Bones Jones, doping. He failed the drug test. The big fight is Saturday. And the main event is no longer set. There is no main event. John Bones Jones is out. And it messes up so much because now you talk about pay-per-view buys. Because if you're a person and you're like, you know, UFC 200, look at this card. They got Brock Lesnar coming back, you know, from WWE on a one-time deal. He's going to fight somebody. And you're looking at, you know, Daniel Cormier versus uh, John Bones Jones. You're excited. Now, do you buy still, knowing that that fight's not going to happen? There's going to be other fights, but the main fight is not going to happen. You're going to lose a lot of money. You win buy? Still wouldn't give it a shot? No? I mean, if I'm a diehard UFC fan, maybe, but I'm not. So. But they, they just lost a casual fan now. Just from that. You see, it's, it's, it's crazy. For a guy like John Bone Jones, who was suspended for a year for a car accident, you know, somebody got killed. He's been through a lot. You know, he's had substance abuse problems in the past. Great fighter. Excellent fighter. So everybody was excited to see him challenge for the title that he really never lost. It got stripped from him because of his, you know, his trouble that he got into. 
against a guy he hates, a guy against a guy that he's beaten before. They hate each other. They got this great, you know, rivalry where it's like, oh man, you, you got a good fan base on either side, you know? All this hype. I'm excited. I'm actually thinking about buying it. I haven't bought a UFC fight ever. And I'm thinking about buying it. I'm like, I want to see this card. I know Brock Lesnar's on the card. I know all these people on the card. No main event. So we're going to get into that play, the press conference that he had today, crying, as well as the uh, reaction when it the news broke around midnight last night. So a lot, a lot going on in regards to that situation. Um, but I do have to take it to another uh, another level. This isn't, you know, I understand this is a sports show. But there are things that are bigger than this, and this is one of the things. Um, I feel like every other week, every other month now, we're talking about a black man being killed by the police. And it's it's gotten to the point that I, I can't even, I, can't, I really can't even, um, I can't appreciate the, the police officers I see just walking around. Like I, I look at them and I'm saying to myself, what type of training is going on? that we feel like not only you're not protecting us, but you're out there just trying to kill us. Because this isn't just happening in, like, New York or, like, they say this is only happening in um, San Diego or Mississippi or down south. You know how they always just say, oh, it happens down south. The police down south are yeah. a lot tougher. We just had this weekend alone in New York, in East New York where I'm from, there was an undercover cop that killed a black man over, um, they were they had, like, a, Something with their cars it was like a traffic issue, parking spot. I don't know what it is, but the undercover cop had a had a gun. He had a gun, and kills kills a black man. He got they got into an argument with. Clearly, the man that he argued with didn't have a weapon on him, but you know what he had on him that I think is really just swept under the rug. He had a family, and I think that's so like that's lost in all this. Like all these men have families. They have a mother. They have a father. They are they are fathers themselves. I just... It, it just boggles the mind that... If I'm a police officer, that's my first... The first thing I'm thinking to do is I have to shoot this person. Exactly. And it's getting worse because it's not just a story. Like, that one is a story. You don't, we don't have footage of that. Last two days, we saw footage of two different murders. Two different ones. Within 24-hour span. Footage like this is video that you can see. I even one of them is from different angles, and you're telling me there's no there's no swift justice to this. Are you kidding me? There are two different angles on one of the videos, and it's as graphic. Both videos are extremely graphic. Let's 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 be honest, all right? This isn't a situation where it's like I, I can't you know figure this out. This could be oh he's pulling a gun. You can see the person doesn't have a gun on him. But still, it, 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 it's up for a discussion. We have to go through the justice system. Yeah, exactly. We have to figure this out. We have a videotape. And when I talk of Rodney King, shaky old VHS videotape, we're seeing him getting beat up. And we obviously saw him getting jumped by a bunch of police officers back in the early 90s. You're seeing a man struggling because he was selling CDs, get wrestled to the ground, and shot. No special effects. Clear video. Two videos, mind you. Shot. And even if he was, because, you know, they always want to go jump into the resisting arrest or whatever. He, you know, was trying to do this to the cops. If it hasn't been, 
said already that like shooting killing murdering somebody is not the answer i don't get it like how they i i can't it's 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 ridiculous it's you're making us into we're like we're like animals that's the way they look at us that's how we need to be tamed by getting by getting shot by getting shot, you know, because we, we were just, well, a month ago talking about, oh, the gorilla that got killed because the, the kid got in there. I feel like that got better coverage and more sympathy than what's happening within the black community. Yeah, because now it's just another story. Oh, another black guy got shot. Yeah, it's, it's just, you know, it's just another thing. It's just simple. That's that's all we are. We're just, you know, it's another one grow back. Right. That's, that's the way we are. Like, we're not important. We don't have memories. We don't have families that care. So I'm, you know, I'm, and I understand. Like once again, for everybody tuning in, this is, this is still a sports show. But I would be embarrassed if I didn't at least try to mention or speak on this. Yeah, of course. Because this is this is ridiculous. It's something that I understand as a black man. I got to deal with. I got to see police officers every day. I've been stopped before. I've been asked where am I going. I've, I've, you know, it's like my automatic thing that makes me a suspect is because of my skin color. My skin color automatically makes me a suspect. Guilty before proven innocent. Right. Them taking me out is saving someone else's lives. That's their mindset. Don't care about my story. Don't care about what I'm about. At all. But yeah, what are we supposed to do? We're just supposed to just... It's okay. That's fine. We, we just move on, right? Forget about it. Stop making this into a race thing. How can we stop making it making it into a race thing when love, it is a race thing. I love hearing that. I love hearing that. Are the whole all lives matter situation? Love hearing that. It, it just makes so much sense. So what? How, is it, how do all lives matter if it's only black lives that you're seeing being taken every single day or every other week, it seems like? This is like a, a, a special occurrence. I just saw a list of so many names. And this is, and also, I, I if I'm, like, if, if we're thinking about the, if we're thinking about the same list, it literally hasn't even the time span is so short. Yeah. So short. And but the police officers, oh, let them off. They found reasons like the, that's what the legal system is so weird is that they'll find ways where they're, you know, they need to be oh, let's reprimand him. Let's give him a suspension. Oh, let's um, you know, take away his gun or we'll demote him. Not we're going to we're going to throw him in jail. That that's just not an option. Because he's doing his job. He's protecting and serving. Protecting and serving who? Who are you protecting and serving? Oh, he's selling CDs. Okay, let's shoot him. Do He's got a hoodie on. Let's shoot him. If you're going to shoot him, even, even just me even trying to justify this, why shoot to kill? That's another thing. Why shoot to kill? Why are no, you it's so not, it shouldn't angry, be, first of all, so we shouldn't aggressive? Be, why, why is it that we need to be taken down? Like I said, it goes back to the animals thing. Well, let's shoot them. Let's, let's, let's tame them by shooting them. That's, why does it have to be that? And there were two of you. Two cops. And then one just felt, and we just take out the gun. And I think I, at that very moment, he felt the situation was so out of control that he needed to kill somebody. And, and it's, <laughs> it's crazy to me because, you know, it's not new. It's not new, but the thing that's making it new is that we are using technology. We are putting this, we're, we're videotaping everything. You know, this is on Periscope. This is on Facebook Live. This is what we have to do now. It seems like I heard that the, the police officers, the body cameras they have fell off. They both fell off. Both body cameras fell off. Of course they did. 
Of course they did. I mean, it's obvious yeah. that they just, you know, fell I, off in that moment. I know people that are police officers, and I know some of, you know, I know they do a good job. I, I, I'm not going to say this is all police officers, but I am going to say that it is something that should be investigated into who's dirty and who's not. Because there's a lot more dirty that are doing what they're doing out here. And it's just diminishing the way people look at the cops who are, you know, actually trying to go to work, feed their family, and do the right thing. And, you know, I, I try to, like, I look it at makes cops it, it makes and, it bad because it's not all police. Exactly. It's not all police officers. Exactly. No. And, like, after, even after all these events, I look at cops and I still give them, you know, the respect I would hope that they deserve. Yeah. Before anything, just because, you know, just like the way these men who are being murdered and stuff, they have families. It's like, you know, I try to look at the cops the same way too, but then when you see many of them doing things like this, it's just, it's, it's just unhuman. Like these, you know, they're going to have to figure out who's really capable of doing this job and protecting people. I'm not expecting a cop to protect me. Like I, as African-American female, I do not think that their first priority is like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I, if I see a cop, do I feel safer? Not, not really. And that's, that's how you should feel. It's, it's rough. It's really hard to put in the words just how, like, what are you supposed to do? You know, you don't, you don't know what to do Everybody's anymore. Everybody's like, oh, let's, let's boycott, let's protest. Like, what have we already been doing? We're gonna be we're gonna be just a group of people who have to protest everything our whole life. Yeah. Who have to boycott? Who have to keep? We shouldn't. I'm no. tired. I'm tired of of hearing that that has to be the answer. And then among your community, you're judged if you don't go out there and protest. Like something's got to give. We shouldn't. Like our whole lives, you know, the civil rights era, slavery. Every we always have to we have to get up and fight. We have to get up and make noise all mm-hmm. the time. Why? Why do we have to do that? We shouldn't have to do that because of the color of our skin. People are exhausted. We're tired. We should have to get up and have to put up a fight. That's all we've been doing. And once again, I'm I'm saying this. We're, we're talking right now just candidly because this is something that is going on. and it, it does affect us every single day. And this is not an attack at the police department. It's not. Absolutely this not. This is not. It's just it's more venting about what we're seeing every day, not only on the news, but in the streets, you know. It's just something that needs to change. There has to be some type of comp- I'm not saying compromise, but there has to be a solution to this to whatever's going on. There has to be. It just it can't keep going like this because it, it's scary. You know, there's a lot of kids growing up that this is all they're going to know. Exactly. That's the scary part about it. But um, all we can do is hope for the best and um, and see if things change. But we're going to do is go to a break. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. Make sure you call us up, 
what's up? <laughs> anything exciting happened to you last night or anything? Last night was a long, long, long night for me. Long night for Can us, Can you tell too? by my eyes? Well, we weren't sure if you were going to show up, so we were really paying attention. No, I, I, I was so excited to get here. I was, this is, I was more nervous about this than I was about everything that happened last night. Okay, well, let me put your mind to ease because you just got through the hardest part, but I want to congratulate you because you. you are the newest Chicago Bull. Is that correct? Yes, Thank you. <laughs> um, I am. I mean, it's, it's, it's still surreal, and it is, I'm still numb. You know, this, <laughs> this decision that I had to make last night, um, I mean, I've been in Miami for... 13 years, I mean, 13 incredible years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to to have to get, a, you get a week to decide, yeah. you know, uh, what you're going to do. And I had to get no sleep. Yeah, you sure. know, I lost probably five or ten pounds, you know, right. just not being able to eat. Is that what happens to you when you don't sleep? You lose five or ten pounds? <laughs> I sweat because I'm sweating like I'm... I mean, you guys, we got to get on the Dwayne Wade plan. <laughs> no, it is not healthy for us. It's, it's so stressful. But um, I do want to say, I mean, I just, I just, I just want to thank all my fans. Um, I mean, I, I call it, we call it Heat Nation. Um, just around the world. Uh, just by the way that they embraced me, uh, this this little um, shy kid from Chicago came to my um, sorry came from Milwaukee to Miami, and really grew up, and we did some special things together. You know, I didn't do it by myself. I had so many unbelievable teammates along the way, but our fans are just just phenomenal. So, all the Heat Nation in the world, uh, we even have Heat Nation in New York because I heard some cheers last yeah. year. Yeah, sure. You're one of, you're the rare athlete that transcends the sport. You are just Thank a great you. ambassador and a great person, and we are honored to have you here, and I cannot believe, I would have totally called in. I would have been like, look, I'm going to be out celebrating tonight, and and I'm not going to be able to make no, it. No, no, I, my wife didn't even want to go to dinner afterwards, yeah. and I was like, babe, like, we're not in... Miami or Chicago, right. like we're in New York. I just like, want to, do you know, because you've been in Miami for how many years? 13. Okay, so do you remember winter? <laughs> <laughs> Not, like I'm, start, no, I'm no. starting to think, like no. I'm concerned. We're going to need to get you a coat. Uh, can and can I get one? Can I get one to say live with Kelly? Oh sure! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Those are those are specialty items. <laughs> They're here for a hot minute. No, um, I, I'm look, but I, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm born and raised in Chicago. Um, you know, I, I had a house there until until like 2000. Until I got married again when mm -hmm. I had to get rid of it because mm -hmm. it was a bachelor pad. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited, you know, to go back to you know the place that I. I've always envisioned playing basketball. You know, being a kid growing up, and yeah. you know, Michael Jordan and Chicago Bulls was the team. You know, and for us, and I've always like envisioned myself like being in the backyard. I always had a Bulls jersey on. I always envisioned the Wayne Wade name being called in the United Center, and um, I get an opportunity to live that dream That's out. Great. So um, my so career is in great. All right. So that was uh, earlier today. Dwayne Wade was the special co-host for Live with Kelly. And, uh, I, you know, I have to be honest with you. It was cool what he said, you know. But do you think he um, had this whole thing planned? Like, I'm going to be in New York. I'm going to be hosting this show. Let me get it done by the night before so that everybody's going to be watching me to hear my, my reasoning for it. Like, was this, like, planned in a sense? 
I wouldn't say that it was, but if it was not, it worked very well for him because it's always good for us to get, you know, hear them, hear what they have to say about it. Yeah. And exactly, and, and I mean, to actually be able to visually see them talk about it as well because, you know, everybody writes these articles saying, you know, thank you to the franchise and the organization for giving this opportunity, blah, blah, blah. The same, you know, mediocre thing. So it's good to just see them, you know, sit on television and be able to explain themselves and not in a press conference when they're signing with the team, mm-hmm. you know. So it, if it was planned, then okay, because it still worked out, and I appreciate that he, you know, yeah. used this as an opportunity to explain himself. That's the thing about Dwayne Wade. He's, he's a class act. He's very I, – I feel he's always been very professional, very classy man. So I can't I can't hate what he did. And um, it was – I think it was a good move to use this opportunity of um, being with – I mean, being on Live with Kelly and explain himself. Right. And that's and that's the thing. Like, I, I said, it was so actually to me, it was just so convenient. It's like, all right, you know, he just got done with this thing. Everybody wants to hear from Dwayne Wade. Oh, guess what? He's gonna be on live with Kelly tomorrow. It just was like too perfect, you know, yeah. of a situation. Uh, look, it, it worked, all right. Um, when I was watching, and you know, I got the alert on my phone, and I heard like Dwayne Wade signing with Chicago. At first, I'm thinking this can't be real. This is just no way it can't be real. And because I'm thinking like Chicago has no money. Yeah. So how did? How did Chicago convince Dwayne Wade? Not only, you know, we'll sign you for $47 million, That's as high as we can go. And we're going to get rid of these two contracts within the hour. They got it done within the hour. Yeah. They were on the phone, like, chopping Jose Calderon faster than the Knicks ever could. <laughs> I mean, he was, they had him in Brooklyn at one minute. Then the Lakers jumped in and said, we'll take him. So he went to the Lakers. Then Dunleavy went to Cleveland. It was like a blur. I've never seen a team move that fast. And I thought the, the I thought the Warriors moved fast when they traded Bogut to Dallas, but right. they oh. moved really fast on this Dwayne Wade deal. They weren't yeah, playing. Yeah, they cleared up that cap space so quick. And I had to impress them because Miami moved so slow. They they pushed Wade to the back burner because of Whiteside and because they were going after Durant. That it felt good to be wanted. You know, that was his whole thing. Exactly, and like I, I was saying to you earlier, you see in situations like this, you see how like the owners don't back up the players sometimes, and you know a player. You know, Dwayne Wade is a franchise player. He gave 13 years to Miami, you know, three championships. Yeah. And he's just, like, leading in a lot of stats for, for, you know, the organization. So he's given this team a lot. So you would think that they would try to offer this man a little bit more money. I don't know if it has to do with his condition, his bad knees, or, you know, the risk that they're taking. But I think just throw a little bit extra extra money there, This you know. He... and. You know what he wanted? He wanted the Kobe deal. Kobe got $24 million a year for his yeah. last two years. Yeah. Which he obviously didn't deserve, didn't deserve on the court, but it's for his legacy. You know, that was the whole thing. Which is understood and which, you know, I feel like he deserves that, especially, you know, after what he's given to Miami. Like I said, he definitely deserves something like that. So for him to go back home and, you know, he's I feel like he's obviously going to finish his career there. That's where he's going to, you know, end everything. So... It's good that it says a lot about the Bulls, how they organized that deal and, you know, cleared up their cap space. Uh, you know, like you said, mm-hmm. it feels good to be wanted. So I definitely understand his decision. If the team's going to go out and do that for you, it says a lot. It does. It, it's just a lot of, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's so funny to me because Pat Riley really didn't want to bring him back. If he was going to bring him back, he wanted him back for cheap. And, you know, if you're, if you're Dwayne Wade, I get it completely. And then you're looking around the league, you're seeing everybody still fighting over Kevin Durant. And seeing people fighting for, like, Carmelo not too long ago. They were fighting for him. Mm-hmm. And for me, and he's like, for me, they're like, okay, we'll throw you. I think originally we were offering him $10 million a year. And he's like, what? 
they just gave Conley $153 million. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I've been a, a 10-time All-Star. I've won you three titles. I was great in the playoffs last year. He, he single-handedly carried them yeah. to, to where they were, that and, team. And you're, you're not even negotiating? We just say, okay, we'll give them $10 million a year. That's it? It's that was an that was a slap in the face, and I think he never really recovered from that. That's when he started thinking for himself and just said, "You know what? Forget loyalty. I'm going to do what I want to do." Exactly because they weren't loyal to him in a sense. Why play for a franchise if they're not going to be loyal to you when it when it matters? You know, it's not it's not right, and it's it's unfortunate that you see this happen because you know it's not the only player who's been in this situation. It happens oh, to many all. players, so it's it's good to see those players wake up and realize, like you know, I have a place that I could call home, a place mm-hmm. that I you know a team that I watched growing up and that inspired me to be the player that I am and I had the opportunity to play for them in my yeah. hometown, they're giving me a good amount of money, giving me a good deal. Not the $50 million he wants, but no. damn near close. It's, you know... It, Take that opportunity. It, I think because he allowed him for $47 million is because of how hard they went for him. Yeah. That's what I think it was. It's more respect, you know? Um, then you're looking at another situation where Dirk Nowitzki, 38 years old, still wants to play two more years... He's 38 years old. He had a good year last year still. Like, Dirk's been good every single year. Yeah. Still Dallas. Guess how much? You know how Dallas gave him, right? They gave him $40 million. That's loyalty. Mm-hmm. That's the and, and it was never a moment where you're like, oh, Dirk's not going to get paid. Mark Cuban made it known right away. This is our guy. He's been our franchise guy for 18 years. Yeah. 18 years. And if he wants to go 20 years, let it be with us. Make sure it's with us. Exactly. I like that. I, I that's one thing that I like that so you know? much. I respect that so much because I was saying, like, if these players are giving you all they got for all these years, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And those opportunities to go with other teams and try and chase after rings and all this stuff, those opportunities are always there every time they are, you know, going in as unrestricted free agents. They right. always have those opportunities. But if they made the decision to take whatever money you were offering them mm-hmm. and, and commit to you for all these years and give you what you, you guys have as a franchise – Respect them. That's the that's the least you can do. But now you know the league is going in a different direction where you see these owners just doing things just to have big names. And like you said, they're chasing after Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. Like appreciate what you have. You know what I mean? Appreciate what you have. That that'll take you a long way. But there's there's no the loyalty isn't isn't both ways nowadays. Yeah. The loyalty doesn't go both ways. Mm-hmm. And players have to do what's best for them. It's they have to do what's best for them. They have to obviously number one is person you look out for is yourself. And I think Wade has done all the winning he's done. He's never been the highest-paid player on the team until now. Now he's the highest-paid player on the Chicago Wolves. But it's sad. 13 years with Miami, he's never been the highest-paid player. Yeah. So, you know, that puts things in perspective. Right. And he's he's stayed – and that's why I respect him so much because he's stayed so humble throughout that. Yeah. And also, I I have to appreciate – I got to give a a lot of love to um, the owner of the Miami Heat. He actually came out and tweeted and said, you know – Thank you for all the great years that you did. Kind of like what Sam Presti did. Sam Presti, I don't know if you heard what he said about Kevin Durant. It was probably the nicest thing I've ever heard about a player that just left your team hanging. Yeah. He said how much he meant to the community, how much the community loved him, and how we're just thankful to have a player like you and a, and a person like you mm-hmm. and your family to be involved in our family. You're always going to be a member of our, you know, yeah, of our team's that's history. Really sweet. You don't see that often. And you go because I'm thinking about the Dan Gilbert thing. What happened with uh, LeBron with the letter that went out saying that you'll never win. You're not. A, you're a fake king. All this type of stuff. And he still came back. Right. You know, obviously Gilbert was apologizing. Oh, it was in the heat of the moment. Blah blah blah. But still, still, you're seeing these owners now. They're smart because they realize he's only like one, two year deals. These both these guys signed. 
they could always come back. Exactly. That, it's, that's the way it goes, you know. It's There's no loyalty anymore to the point that you're like, oh, he's going to sign a five, seven-year contract anymore. They don't do that anymore. Mm-mm. It's two years, bet on yourself, make more money in the following year. That's how it yeah, goes. Yeah, exactly. Because you exactly. can opt out of that last year. Right. It makes sense. And that's, that's and what... And could opt out next summer, so, you know. Yeah, he could go, he could make more money. They all I, could opt out. Him, LeBron, um, Chris Paul, they're all. Westbrook. They know what they're doing. They all talk. You see, they hang out all the time. Yeah, they're smart. They're smart, and they're not, you know, letting anybody take advantage of them as players. And that's that's the smartest thing you could do as an athlete. It's it's definitely the smartest thing you could do. Now, I, I want to look at. Let's look at this from a basketball perspective. Miami. What do they do now? Because now all you have is Chris Bosh, who's not a hundred percent. Oh, Chris. Chris Bosh is not one hundred percent at all. What do you do? He's. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm thinking about what I what I heard about Dwayne Wade. I was thinking about what Dwayne Wade could do for for the um the Bulls. But what I see that is also is so funny because you know they got rid of Rose, who had you know issue with knees, and now they have this player in Dwayne Wade, who also has you know issues. Not nothing compared to what Rose has, but it's kind of you know trickling down that way. He has a lot of issues with his knees, so yeah. I'm trying to think about you know what the Bulls are going to do with Wade, which is obvious, you know. But it's also, like, when it comes to injury and his health, is this, like, the greatest move for the Bulls? Mm, I think it is. I think it is it's it is just because no one's going to watch the Bulls if they don't make this move. Exactly. Rondo is still a good pickup, but Rondo just, listen, everybody's like, oh, Rondo's a great point guard. Rondo is a stat stuffer. He doesn't change the game. Yeah. He'll give you 11 assists a game, but... In a triple double here and there, but they still lose. He's with the yeah. Kings. They still lost. Yeah. With the Mavericks, they were losing. It doesn't matter. And they all hated him. Every one of his teammates hated him. That's why he's always bouncing around. He's a stat stuffer. <laughs> he's just really exactly. what he is. But then also the fact that you brought up earlier that none of them are, you know, none of these guys are good three point shooters. All of their percentages are like below thirty. I think I think Butler might be like at thirty two percent or something like that when it comes yeah. from beyond the arc. But they're so. not good. They're just not a good three-point shooting team. And like, I, I, and that's what you got to understand. This is where the game is heading to now. Exactly. That's why that – and it, it kills me to have to bring up the fact that a team isn't a good three-point, you know, and that's going to bring trouble. Yeah. But that's where the game is – that's the direction the game is going in. And they're, and then speaking of three-point shooting, I'm like drifting from a different team, but now they're talking about Ray Allen making a comeback. Yeah. And then the Warriors being – you know, his people talking to the Warriors. And All that three-point action – and then you have other teams. It's like, does any, could anybody shoot three pointer? Raise your hand. You know, it's like one of those situations. For Golden State, it makes the most sense in the world because you can pay him the veterans minimum, and he's a guy that give you 10, 15 minutes a game, off the bench, shoots threes. Exactly, and that's what he did for the Heat. That's all he did, and that's all he wants to do. <laughs> that's really all he wants to do. So, what you know, if if you're Golden State, you can't go wrong with that move. You have all the talent you need. You just it's, picked um, up David West. You just picked up Zaza Pachulia. It's like, for me, it's like an overflowing, like, I don't want to say overflowing garbage because they, they're obviously very talented people, but it's just like, it's just too much. Is there such thing as having too much talent on one team? No. No? <laughs> There's no such thing. I think... I'm trying to find... I'm, I'm a bitter OKC fan who's you trying are to bitter. find, find yeah. any excuse <laughs> to bring down the Warriors and what, what, their, what their front office look, is doing. I think the number one thing is chemistry, but I don't think it's going to be a problem because these players all could work together. It's not like, oh, man, this player can only work on the inside or such and such. Durant could play from the outside. He could play from the inside. You know that. And they have all their players do the same thing. They all can shoot. Even Draymond Green has a pretty good jump yeah. shot. 
And he's going to be a power forward, you know, small forward hybrid. Him and Durant can go back and forth with it, which is perfect. And then they have this opportunity in the summer to be playing with each other. Yeah. Clay, Durant, like, you know, very. Durant and Clay. Clay Thompson's there too. Yeah. So it's like they have all the pieces. There's, there's nothing else they need. They got Livingston coming back. They Barbosa let him go to Phoenix. He signed a two year deal with Phoenix. Iguodala still there. Yeah. What else do you need? They could have picked up David Lee probably for the, for the cheap because he wants to come back. I just think like I just feel like a lot of these free agency moves are kind of just like put put the league just completely off balance. Like <laughs> there's no balance. There's these like major teams that everybody's going to be tuning in to watch, and yeah. then you're not going to hear about teams like the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, you'll no. hear about the Bucks. They they they're not a horrible team. They're just not good. They're not horrible though. No, they're not horrible. But no. I'm saying like compared when you're talking about ratio of like who's going to be watching who. I don't think the Bucks will be up there, but <sighs> thank God you know the Seventy Sixers got Ben Simmons. That's somebody to watch. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like there's teams like that where it's like it's 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 really weird. That's the best way to describe it. It's just really weird. Um, I think that you're gonna see like the Sixers be better. And um, we're going to talk more about the rest of the NBA with the free agency moves, you know. So I just want to go actually real quick to Stephen A. Smith. He has spoke in regards to Dwayne Wade and his thoughts, and then um, we'll head to a break. But uh, my whole thing is Dwayne Wade, I just want to finish off with him. I'm happy for him. Yeah. He gets to go back home, bring Gabrielle Union with him, and uh, he's doing what he wants. Right. Bottom line. He's, he's not taking a sacrifice to bring somebody else in. That's what he's only, that's all he's always done. Been doing. That's yep. all he's from exactly. Shaq yeah. to, you know, LeBron, yeah. LeBron. Like, come on. So uh, I just want to take a listen. This is Stephen A. Smith talking when it was, was breaking news uh, last night. Uh, stunned, yet still not surprised. Stunned because uh, he loves Miami. He loves the city. He loves the area. He loves the fans. Um, and obviously, he brought three championship rings there. Uh, so stunned because, you know, his lovely wife, Gabrielle Union, along with himself and his kids, uh, love being there. They just built a new house there. Uh, over a year ago or so, they moved in there, a house that he had been working on uh, for years. So stunned in that respect. But not shocked because this has been a long time coming. He's been incredibly frustrated with the Miami Heat. Uh, for several years now, uh, he believes that he hasn't been treated uh, like the star he deserves to be treated as. He's never been the highest-paid player in franchise history. Uh, he was the guy responsible for bringing LeBron James to South Beach. Uh, he sacrificed money time and time again, cost himself about $25 million over the years because uh, it was one of those situations where he would took, take less, assuming they would take care of him later. And each time it appeared to be a battle. And this time was the last draw. When LeBron James left a couple of years ago, uh, you know, Pat Riley did not appreciate the fact that Dwayne Wade uh, did not give them any indication as to what LeBron James was going to do. They didn't necessarily believe that Dwayne Wade knew nothing. Dwayne Wade swore he knew nothing until LeBron James made his decision. Then this time around, uh, they looked at the fact that Kevin Durant, uh, Dwayne Wade wasn't helpful in terms of speaking up for the organization, et cetera, et cetera. And knowing Pat Riley the way that we all do, uh, he's going to make his presence known and he's going to make his frustration known. So taking all of those things into consideration, negotiating with Dwayne Wade, uh, he could have come up in Dwayne Wade's eyes, uh, but elected not to do so. And from what my sources tell me, as recently as a day or two ago, Pat Riley hadn't even communicated with him. Dwayne Wade met with Mickey Arison, 
It wasn't with Pat Riley. And so, and since Mickey Arison wouldn't budge either, and it was only like a seven to eight million dollar difference, Dwayne Wade said, "The hell with it. I'm going to go home and play with Chicago, even though I don't expect them to be that great. Anything is better than feeling disrespected after what I've done for this franchise. That's his mentality, and that is why he is gone." Since Jews, blacks, and whites, Latinos, and Asians 
Pray to hell in this fight, we better unite as genocide, chemical war, and the rich and the poor know that God delivers a cure. It's a shame, our reality is devastating. People praying for a cure and dying while they're waiting. Ask the Lord for the comfort and the strength to face it. All the kids with dreams won't get the chance to chase it. Makes me sad. Think about the lives they would have had. Think about the orphan babies got my moms and dads. How can we sit back and not try to make it right? We gotta come together, we gotta fight for life. Somebody tell me what's going on. What's going on? We got human beings using humans for a bomb. I don't love stacking the teams, though. That's the one thing I can't get over. I, I, I almost wish Durant had stayed there one more year and really fought for it for one last chance. You know? fought I think for what, eight or nine years? I know, I just I, wanted I would one fight more. fight is left in him. I wanted one more. Well, yeah, I mean... They were you, so close. You have to remember, like, the disappointment he probably feels. And, I mean, you know, that's what I encourage people to do on the outside looking in. Think about it from his perspective. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you were right there. Well, sometimes being right there is what hurts the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And psychologically, it's like, man, after all these years, we finally got healthy. We finally had a stacked team. We finally got up 3-1. And that didn't even guarantee them winning. That's just a trip to the finals. And, I mean, Golden State was able to pull it out. They were great, like they had been all season. And it just so happened to be at that time. And that can They had the all time heat check in game six. Yeah, you know, it's, it just happens. I mean, and we've seen Golden State do it throughout the whole season. Right. So even though that is disappointing, we can't be surprised from what happened. How about Curry and Durant? This was Curry's team. He became kind of the most famous guy in the league since LeBron. Yeah. Now Durant shows up. Is there any. Now, I know. Personally, I feel like they're going to be fine. But are we sure they're going to be fine? Make the case that they're not fine. Just right, help me. Okay, I don't, I don't, I don't right know. Right off I, the decade, I, I, yeah. I don't know. Let me ask this question. All right. Before LeBron came to Miami, it was Wade's team. Of course. Did it become LeBron's team? It did. Okay. Eventually or right away? No, not right away, but that's the conversation that those two guys as men had to have. Had to, yes, exactly. This doesn't happen. The coach, the GM, the president, the owner of the team can't come and say, hey, this is his team now. Nobody right. does that. And sometimes it doesn't even matter. Yeah. You know, yeah, okay, we'll just, yeah, it's your team, man, just so people say, oh, it's his team, you know, and it has to fall into place. All right, so that was uh, Chris Bosch with Anthony Anderson on last night's episode of Any Given Wednesday. That's uh, Bill Simmons' show on HBO. Now, they actually came up with some pretty good points there talking about the whole Kevin Durant signing and, why he did it, you know, psychologically. That's what Chris Bosh brought up, psychologically messed with him, being that close all the time and not winning. So does that give it a good excuse in your opinion? No, I don't want to hear that. Like (laughs) I said before, how many players have come so close to not winning? Like I said, Reggie Miller had wrote an article on Bleacher Report, and he spoke about that as well. Like, it's not about – it has turned into just being about rings now. You know what I mean? Like, that's all it's turned into. about. While that's nice, and obviously that's what you play for, you play to win a championship, but there's so much more into it. There's so much other people you're inspiring. There's legacies that you're leaving, and – 
you play you play ball because it's what you love to do. Right. You know what I mean? It shouldn't matter. I mean, eventually it does matter. You don't want to keep losing because obviously the goal is to win. Mm-hmm. But you're playing ball because that's what you love to do. That's what you've, you've worked so hard to, beca- to get in the NBA. You at least have this opportunity to even have a chance to get at the ring. So frustration about, I've been so close, but I never got it. You could go ahead and go wherever you want. Go to the right. Warriors. Be right. so close again, just like they were so close, you know, leading the finals 3-1. to one but didn't win the ring. And, you know, it doesn't oh, it doesn't always happen. So that excuse of the frustration and, psych, you know, it being a whole psychological thing, that's that's bold to me. I can't respect that. I cannot respect that so, at all. So does your image of Durant forever change? It didn't forever change. I still think he's a great person. Like, even I wrote on my Twitter, like, you know, I wish him the best of luck in Oakland because he's still a great player. You know, I'm not ever going to take that away from one move he made. You know, I'm not going to go burn his jersey or, you know. Which I think it's become an overdone thing now. Oh. Let's burn a jersey every time yeah, someone leaves. Yeah, it's, it's disrespectful. It's it's 100% disrespectful. He's been it's there also since... very expensive to burn jerseys. Not Those are not cheap anymore. Exactly. Like, you're, you're <laughs> that's, you know, triple digits you're spending on a jersey. Like, yeah. come on. I would never do that. Don't, you know, I don't agree with what he did. It does make me look at, you know, his strength as a person, you know. Yeah. You know, I thought he would be able to make a greater stand. I didn't think. I honestly, I, I got to be honest with you. I never thought he was mentally tough. Yeah. Just because of the way he reacted to media, the way he reacted just in certain situations. Are you calling him you know? soft? I'm not calling him <laughs> soft, but I am saying that he's emotionally vulnerable. Right. So if that's soft, then yeah, then that's what I'm calling him. But he does, you know, the way he reacted to Mark Cuban saying, oh, well, you know, only uh, Kevin Durant's the only all-star, trying to say Westbrook's not an all-star, and he called him an idiot on the panel. But, you know, you don't react. You don't react. True, you don't react. And um, I I appreciate him supporting his his player. That's his, you know, on the court, that's his right-hand man. So I appreciate him saying that, even though Mark Cuban was trying to get a reaction and then you that's know, what you got. Yeah, that's what you gave him. You gave him. What I respect he him in that sense. I respect him more in that sense, defending somebody as opposed to leaving. You know, a team that you've gotten awfully close. You know, you had the opportunity to get to to the NBA Finals. You know, yeah, wasn't nobody's fault that you didn't get there, but you and your teams. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Any any missed free throw, any turnover, you know, all of that. That's why you didn't get to where you were, but to leave. What you've, you know, where you're so respected, had a legacy, been there since the team was another name, you know? <clears throat> Supersonics, yeah. Exactly. Different so location. He, and then you're you're going to a team that just beat you. It's it, I, You know what? It's the psychological thing. I think it, I, I listened to what Chris Bosh said, and I do believe a lot of that. He's like, I've tried. Maybe I've tried everything here. Maybe this is the last resort. He's been in the league nine years. So yeah. he's not like he's not been around. You know what I mean? So frustration, and he is getting injury prone now for the first time, really in his yeah. life. He's starting to get injuries. Remember that injury he had with his uh, his uh, foot, and it's still not one hundred percent. He yeah. still have times where he's off a little bit. So yeah, that I mean, plays a little bit into it. Exactly. I've always respected KD as a player. I've always, you know, and like I, I'm not a Warriors fan. I'll, it'll take <laughs> me like to be pinned down to you know ever say go Warriors. But I will tune in to watch him and see what he can do with the team. I would love to see how the team works, you know, with him. You know, I want to see if he adds to the team or doesn't add to the team. You know, I want to see if he'll make, you know, Curry and Clay more, more, you know, better players when it comes to being under pressure. I want to see if they could really, you know, build that chemistry and just click. That's something interesting to do. And if that does happen, I respect the team. Just like I respected them for everything they did, you know, winning the 73-9. But, you know, it was was a a move that kind of came – 
I wouldn't say from left field because there was to talk about it, but you know, as OKC fan, it burns. It was surprising because I didn't expect him to um to really do it. It's kind of like Dwayne Wade. We were just saying I, I didn't expect him to do it, but it was a choice he made, and uh, I'm not going to kill him too much for it. We're going to you know hit a press conference, obviously, but uh, that's what he wanted to do. Yeah. Um. No. Now looking at the other free agents, because we've had all these other moves that are going on that may seem like minor moves. Uh, looking at the Knicks, for example. They signed two guys that are overseas, overseas players, very good players. Mm. No one knows who they are, but like I, I'm, I'm that type of guy where I'm going to YouTube them and see yeah. what type of stats they have. Because you are a Knicks fan, so I'm a Knicks fan, so I got to, I got to make sure I know what I'm going to go see here. <laughs> Who's getting my money? You know, I got to know. Exactly. But um, I'm, I'm, I like it. Phil is really thinking outside the box. They're like, working. That's what I like to see. They're the working. Scouting. They're making strategic moves. Because they drafted one of the guys they drafted last year. He's going to come over for the first time this year. Mm, okay. Because he stayed an extra year in Europe. He's yeah. friends with Porzingis. His uh, Willie Herman Gomez. Okay. He's a six six eleven center. Can move. You know, very very durable. Can play. Can play the position very well. Um, the only thing they were worried about how can he translate it into the American game. Yeah. That's what you know. That's really the so biggest a discussion. A, yeah. But seeing how Porzingis is, he was like, you know, what, let's give this guy a shot. We drafted him. Let's see what he is. He's still very young. He's only twenty-two years old. Let's give him a shot. Um, they're gonna have him. They also brought in uh, this other guy who they call. You know who Danilo Gallinari is, right? No, I'm not sure. Danilo Gallinari used to play for the Knicks. He actually plays for the Denver Nuggets. Oh, okay. Very versatile forward. Uh, can shoot the ball. This guy, seen in his highlights, can throw it down. And, you know, for a, a guy from Lithuania, I can't even pronounce his name. That's how long <laughs> his name is. I just call him MK. That's it. That's what I'm calling okay. him. Okay. Long name, but uh, Nick signed him to a guaranteed deal two years, 26 years old, um, can really ball out, and he's just going to be like the third string small forward. So these guys are not being, they're not being brought in to start. They're being brought in for the bitch, but I like that. Exactly, They're and young. it's like some people that they could work with and, you know, mold into, you know, what, what the Knicks are, what, you know, what they want the Knicks to become as a team. Exactly. Uh, they picked up Marshall Plumley. They officially signed yeah. him. I'm not too happy with Brandon that. Jennings as well, no? Brandon Jennings. That was the actually the biggest signing, in my opinion, because you bring in, you solidify that backcourt off the bench. You now have a guy off the bench that people are afraid of. Yeah. And I'm, I, I trust me, I'm really upset that we couldn't bring back Langston Galloway. He signed with New Orleans. Yeah. But it makes the most sense. He was uh-huh. a really good guy, great player for the Knicks. Yeah. Having Brandon Jennings now has a guy that if Rose goes down, which he is very prone to do, you got a guy that can step up and score with the best of them, and yeah. he's a point guard. Exactly. So we have that option. Huge. That's huge for us. Uh, they guy, definitely use their, their money. Yeah, wise, yeah. They use their money wisely this summer. I, I like Courtney Lee a lot. I think as shooting guard, he's – He's an upgrade from Wade because Wade is on the downside of his career. You got a guy that can still play. He's thirty years old, uh, prime of his career right now, and I think he's the perfect shooting guard for us. He knows how to run around, picks good defensive player, makes the most sense. Yeah. Um, I see the Knicks being a better team. I like what Brooklyn has done. You know, just some of the people they brought in. You know, from Isaiah Whitehead, who I think is going to be a really good. I think he's going to be a really good pro. People yeah. are, are underrating him because he went in the second round, but he's going to be fun to watch in Brooklyn. Uh, you're talking about picking up. Uh, who am I forgetting right now? They obviously still have Brooke Lopez, who's the still going to be the main guy in this team. Yeah. But um, having him, Jeremy Lin is the other guy I was thinking about. Is a is a veteran, a veteran point guard that could play the two, kind of a combo guard. He did a great job in Charlotte. He's a good pickup. And you got him for cheap. So they are players. 
that are here. It's just molding them to be able to work together and make an actual difference in the season. Only team I'm, I'm really worried about are the Lakers, and I think this is the thing. And I know you don't want to hear this as an OKC fan, but by <laughs> February, if you guys are out of it, and I'm talking about like five games out of the last playoff spot, trade Westbrook by the All-Star break because you're not he's not re-signing. Yeah. There's no reason for him to re-sign. He wants to go to L.A., trade him to L.A., and get some of those young players back. That's the only thing that makes that makes sense. As ideal as I would love for him to stay there, but, you know, I am a Russell Westbrook fan, so I'm literally hopping in the suitcase wherever he goes. Oh. <laughs> the truth comes out. You hear that, OKC? <laughs> hey, stop it. No, I'll you hear still, that. OKC will still always be my team, but Russell Westbrook is my favorite player. I can't, you know, I cannot not support him. Yeah, all right. I said I'll still, I'm still supporting Kevin Durant. He's, you know, like he's been there since day one. I still, he still has my support. I don't know. I, I think like I'm, I'm one of the people that if you leave my team and my loyalty is over, I, I have no loyalty for you. Trust me. <laughs> I have no loyalty for no, you. No, my loyal. At all. There's difference between loyalty and support. That's hard to say. I'm not gonna go buy his Golden State jersey. You're not gonna buy his Golden State jersey. That's going to be the highest-selling jersey. I guarantee it. That's I'm not buying I will never wear those colors. I'm sorry. I cannot. That's, I just absolutely refuse. So that's just my personal opinion. But I do support Durant. As if I will, if, if Russell does leave, I will 100% support him. Because he's obviously not going to come. After he has the option, he's not coming back. He will leave. Yeah, I think so. I think he'll leave. It's going to be interesting just to see how some of these deals are going to be made. Um... Because everybody's on that. Like, next year's free agency is going to be even crazier. It's like a shockwave in a sense. Like it's This this year was a surprise. I didn't think it was going to be this bad. Like, well, not bad. I mean, like, this insane. Intense, you didn't yeah. know it was going to be all this. Every time I got an ESPN update, I just, like, I my eyes had to be glued. I, yeah. who's, who's leaving? Like, who went where? Like, I've that's... never thought I'd be watching so much basketball. And it has nothing to do with actual playing the yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. Just, I, I'm following numbers. I'm just like, $75 million for Evan Turner? These numbers are seventy-five million. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. It's going to be a long off season. Who knows what will happen? But um, what I'm going to do is uh, step aside for a break. And Naomi, you're making your way out. Yes. Right? Yeah, she got to handle some business, but it's all good. We'll catch up with her next week. But um, we're going to take a break. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. My people in the east, yo, you gotta wake up. Midwest, dirty south, yo, you gotta stand up. All my homies in the west, yo, you gotta wake up. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Do you believe that the children? 
children of the world deserve a good life. Well, if you do, it's time to wake up your mind. We can make it better, and I know it might take some time, but we gotta start somewhere. How about with you and me? From us, it goes to others, then we'll have our unity. Wake up, all the doctors make the old people well. They're the ones who suffer, catch all the hell. But they don't have so very long before the judgment day. So won't you make them happy before they pass away? Everybody's wake up call time. I can't sleep too long. Why they do the people wrong? Let's clean the world up before they sweep you gone. This is real talk. You can peek through songs. So when you feel weak, these words will keep you strong and help make a change for the better. It's hard for one to do it, but we can make some changes together. Second guess the words I speak. The ones who sleep in the leadership's fiction mouth to teach. MCs teach the kids what's peace. They don't have to worry about the police. We make them risk so they don't have to see. Every artist here on this track. We'll make a change here for young cats. This is for everybody, white or black. You better go and vote and get up off your back. This life of rose on, lift your head, get your voice up.
The UFC organization was notified tonight that the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency has informed John Jones of a potential anti-doping policy violation stemming from an out-of-competition sample collection on June 16, 2016. There is insufficient time for a full review before the scheduled bout, and therefore the fight has been removed from the fight card. He's got the, 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 the chance to prove himself innocent before being called guilty, but uh, if it's true, obviously super, super disappointing. Daniel, with a bout of this magnitude, do we know why it took several weeks to get in the results? Yeah, uh, I, that I don't know either. You know, when they, when they do these things, it, when they test, if something pops up, they, then they, they go crazy and test it numerous times and run it through, you know, whatever they do, I have a problem. You know, but they, 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 they go crazy testing it, and they never give uh, a result until they're absolutely positive. This sucks. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know what to say. This sucks. It's unfortunate. All right, so... We're back, Sports Social with Eddie Easton here on Soundcast FM. That was uh, Dana White, the uh, head of UFC, talking about the failed drug test of uh, John Bones Jones ahead of their big, the big match between Daniel Cormier. And it's one of the shocking things because John, you know, Jones going through all the things that he's been through in his life, uh, losing the title, having this huge mega fight that everybody in the world wanted to see. UFC 200 this Saturday, having Brock Lesnar on the bill, you know, all the pageantry involved with it, it's often not because of the failed drug test. Now, I, I don't know any more details behind it in just regards to, you know, John Jones and his uh, history, but this is a bad look. He's been going through a lot in his career, and now this cancels one of the biggest fights that could have ever happened, and everybody was looking forward to it. It's a uh, a really dark time for UFC and everything they were trying to do now that that main event has been taken out of rotation completely. What's going to happen in in the you know forward wise? Uh, are they they can't make a replacement because you're talking about an event that's happening in two days? I don't know. I I really don't know. But we're gonna see uh, a lot of fallout, a lot of um, different reactions, and uh, I'm gonna play a lot of different press conferences because we this is from last night. Also, uh, this is his opponent. Daniel Cormier, who was going to uh, was going to face him um, for the title, and uh, obviously this this whole match has been scrapped. So this was his thoughts going in. Um, well, actually, this was his thoughts after hearing the news. What's up, guys? D- DC, can you uh, explain your emotion when you heard the news? Uh, very disappointed. Um, I worked really hard to prepare for this and. Uh, you know, you take care of what you can take care of, and uh, that's what I did. You know, but more than more than anything, just really disappointed. I put myself in a position where I felt like I could win this fight. So uh, to hear something like this is is it's, it's very sad um, from a competitive standpoint, from a financial standpoint. There are a number of ways in which this is disappointing. Uh, I really don't know exactly how to explain how I'm feeling right now. If you had it your way, do you still want to compete? Do you still want to fight on this card? Or 
How do you feel about it right I've now? trained hard and long, you know, and if anybody would fight, you know, I would fight. I mean, why not, you know, but I understand the difficult task it would be to get someone to fight me on two days. Uh, obviously, you know, I'm willing to fight up, put some weight, you know, 225, 220, I'll fight. It doesn't matter. I just, just can't really fight like a really big guy right now because I've been kind of shrinking my body in order to make 205, but, you know, if, if it doesn't make sense to, for the organization or for me, then it doesn't make sense. You know, I, I uh, we have always been in tune, me and the UFC, and we've made these decisions together, and uh, I'm assuming that's what we'll do this time, but if, if the bosses say it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense, I won't do it. I prepared for UFC 200, you know, this was the big one. This one means everything to me. But once again, you know, when the UFC calls me, they tell me it's time to go, I'll be ready to go. But I'm gonna need a little bit of time. This one stings, you know, this is not, this is not easy to deal with. I, my life has revolved around this for a long time. So this one stings, this one stings a little bit. All right, that was Daniel Cormier giving his thoughts about not being able to fight. And, you know, it, it, it's it's rough because you, you miss out on a lot of money here. You talk about all the pay-per-view buys that are not going to happen because of this situation. Uh, I was, like we were talking to Naomi earlier, uh, she said she wouldn't buy it now. I mean, you know, she's not a huge UFC fan, but if you're talking about a, a, a match that they're beastly pegging as like Pacquiao versus Mayweather for UFC and it's not going to happen, it's, it's been delayed again. Uh, they were supposed to fight before, but uh, Cormier got an injury, so then Jones fought someone else. But uh, obviously, this fight not, is not going to happen. It's a, a real bummer. You know, I would, um, I'm going to obviously have uh, Anthony Chalup talk more about this next week, the recap of this event. Um, this was breaking news late last night, so obviously a lot of things had to change up. And we were actually able to hear from John Jones himself during a uh, press conference this morning. And uh, he gave his his uh, apologies and his thoughts on the matter. So uh, let's take a listen in. Um, this was ESPN was covering uh, this press conference. I want to first uh, start by apologizing to to um, all the fans, all the fans who came out to support me for UFC 200. Um, obviously, the UFC for Tito's um, for not being able to uh, perform. And I know there's been a lot to go into uh, this event, all the staff of the UFC. Um, Daniel Cormier, I want to apologize to Daniel Cormier. I know that uh, this fight means a lot to him. The fight meant a lot to me and the fight's not happening. So just really want to apologize to everybody sincerely. Um, yeah, I really, I really don't, really don't know what to say. I just, I'm really sorry about this happening. Um, yeah, I guess um, you guys can start with your questions. John, right here. Um, as much as you can tell us, can you give us any details about the test? What it was for? I mean, obviously, I know this is all private information, but what can you tell us about the test? Um. Sure. 
Well, what I can tell you guys is that this last 24 hours was a whirlwind. Um, we got the note, you know, notice last night from uh, Jeff Nowitzki of the UFC that um, there was a possible flag for some sort of uh, PED violation. Um, you know, we're here this morning to basically, you know, deny that, apologize that this this has happened, and, and go from there. But at this point, we're not going to get into the details of um, the notice that we got, simply because that obviously, you know, we are uh, we're going to do what we have to do to uh, to, to fight this. So, I mean, it's just to confirm, like, I assume you'll file an appeal, have the B sample tested, things like that. Yeah, the B sample is being tested today. Um, obviously, we know how these situations play out. You, you know, you're, you're guilty before you're innocent, of course, you know, when something like this comes out. I mean, how are you feeling about this just because immediately afterwards the, the you know, reactionary of everybody is you're guilty? And obviously, I assume you probably had a lot of people piling on you in this last 24 hours. Right. Um... You know, the whole situation, uh, it really sucks. It really sucks. Um, it really hurts a lot. Um, you know, supposedly they found something in one of my samples that I have no clue what it is. I, I don't even know how to pronounce it. I've been taking the same supplements the majority of my career. And, um, and I've been so outspoken about um, about being against, you know, any type of performance enhancers. Um, I'm still to this day extremely against performance enhancers. And so um, the whole thing sucks because, um, you know, you know, being labeled as someone who, who would ever cheat is uh, it just hurts me more than hurts me more than anything else I've ever been through in my career. Um, um, it just sucks, you know, right now I'm kind of like, I don't really know how I feel about it, so. I know it's hard to answer this question in the moment because it's so fresh, but I mean, where is your head at for the future? I mean, is it just about proving your innocence in this? Are you thinking about, you know, what's next in terms of your fight career? Like, what, what is next for you? I mean, obviously, it just happened. So, you know, he's 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 a little emotional about it. He's a little distraught with it. It's it's not um, it's not an easy thing for him to to swallow right now. So, obviously, we're just going to go step by step with through the process and take it day by day. Question for Balky over. There was a measure of ex exoneration to it. Do you feel like this is a similar situation where you can sort of piece back together the timeline of events to maybe pinpoint what it could or couldn't have been? From my preliminary understanding of what they're talking about, absolutely, 100%. So without saying too much more, you know, I feel like by the time this is all said and done, you know, it'll be, it'll be all right. So, so maybe you won't answer this, but I'm just going to ask, mm -hmm. you know, uh, is this a supplement issue? It could be. It could be. I don't, I don't want wow. to say much more than so, that. So there you have it. John Bones Jones, after answering a couple of questions. So John Bones Jones, that was the ESPN press conference for that situation. John Bones Jones is out of UFC 200. And uh, I don't know where his career goes from here. It's a, that's, a, that's a bad luck. There's just no other, there's no other way to look at it. It's, it's really a bad luck. I don't know how he recovers from this situation, but um, it really messes things up. And obviously, one of the big fights was that was the biggest fight that everybody wanted to see. Um, I'm pretty sure Jones is going to lose a lot more money 
due to this situation. That's why they're not giving all the details as to what happened. But who knows? Um, what we're going to do is uh, step aside for a break. Before I go to break, I'm actually going to tune in a little bit to what uh, last night's Any Given Wednesday with Bill Simmons. Joe Rogan spoke a little bit about Brock Lesnar as well as the other UFC competitors. So uh, check this out. We'll be right back. You think when somebody is in their mid-30s that they could conceivably learn just how to pick up the sport and fight at that level? Uh, it depends on what you mean by fight at that level. I mean, Lesnar won the world title at four fights in in his MMA career. He beat Randy Couture. I mean, that's insane. Just that alone. He stopped him. It right. wasn't a decision where he just laid on top of him. He stopped Randy Couture on his fourth professional fight. But he's a real freak. And he's also uh, a two-time NCAA national champion. I mean, he's a freak wrestler. I've never seen him in MMA, but I've seen him at WrestleMania and events like that. The dude's a force of nature. Like, you is. can really feel it. And it, this is somebody I've seen in football stadiums with, that have 85,000 people. And when he comes in and he gets in the ring and he's just kind of stomping around, there's yeah. a real energy to it. So what's that like in the UFC? Well, he's, he's just, his bone structure is just straight Viking. Yeah. He's just not a normal human. I mean, his head is way too big. His body's way too big. His hands are too big. He's a guy who's cutting weight to get down to the 265-pound weight limit. He's an enormous human being, and he's skillful. I mean, the, the advantages that he has, like the horsepower advantages over the average person, are so substantial that he's a real threat. Even at today, like, what is he, 37, 36, 37 years old? Yeah. So for that guy, it's different than a guy like CM Punk. CM Punk, you look at him, he's like a very reasonable-looking athlete. Looks like a guy who's fit. Looks like a guy who works out. And, you know, if he's mentally tough and he's intelligent and he prepares at a very good camp, who knows? I mean, he could, he could have some success. Then I go to my 
say, brother, help me please. But he winds up knocking me. serve is very important for me I think in general um, I feel really dominant when I do serve like that I feel really confident and um, yeah I feel really good um, I think I've been training my mind for years and years and I've been preparing for these moments for decades and I feel like um, it's been experience and it's been it's been success it's been failure it's been everything that created the opportunity for me to be able to be ready in those situations. I think it's great. I mean, I think for anyone else in this whole planet, um, it would be a wonderful accomplishment for me. It's about obviously holding the trophy and winning, which would make it a better accomplishment for me. Um, and for me, it's not enough, but I think that's what makes me different. That's what makes me Serena. Well, right now, I feel like it's it's pretty good. I feel, I feel good. I feel great in other tournaments as well, but um, I feel a little different. I just feel more relaxed and more at peace than I may have been in the past. Yes, um, I feel like I, I just have this desire to, to be the best that I can be, and I know that for me is just the best. And I feel like I, if I can do that, then that keeps me going. And I love what I do, and I work hard at what I do, and I'm, I'm extremely passionate, and I think that's just kind of something that just keeps me going. Yeah, I... I wouldn't have my success if it wasn't for my sister. Absolutely not. I I believe that everything that I have is because the motivation that she gives me, even today, um, in the past months, just training next to her every day is motivating because it's like this is my competition. Like I have to be out there too, and and it's visually seeing that which makes me realize that I have to work really hard. So it's um it's great to um to have her and to have 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 had her well I would like to see um, people the public the press and uh, other other um, athletes in general just realize that and respect women for who they are and what we are and what we do and I like I say I you know I've been working at this since I was three years old and Actually, maybe younger because I have a picture where I'm on. I'm in a stroller, and I think Venus is actually pushing me, and we're on the tennis court. So, basically, my whole life I've been doing this, and and I haven't had a life, and I don't think I would deserve to be paid less because of my sex, or anyone else for that matter, and any job. That was uh, Serena Williams earlier today after she won her semifinal matchup. She's going to the finals at Wimbledon. 
Her sister Venus lost in the semifinals to Angelique Kerber, and she'll be taking on Kerber in the finals. So we'll see. We'll look forward to that in Wimbledon. But uh, just the main thing that she came out of that saying, talk about how as a woman, she shouldn't have to be forced to take less money just because of her sex. It just be off of her talent. And she is by far, I think, the most talented um, female tennis player I've ever seen. And I understand completely where she's coming from, just wanting to be compensated for her work and not have to go into the whole gender because she's a woman, she should make less. I still feel like, personally, that's such a dumb rule. Everybody should be paid equally. It, is, it shouldn't be a class system because of if you're a male or if you're a female. If you could do the job and you do the job well, you should be paid as such. That's, that's about as simple as it gets. So I, I thought it was interesting that she brought that up. And uh, this is from earlier today speaking with the media after her win. So she's heading to the finals, trying to get another Grand Slam and go closer to that, uh, to to becoming the best women's player statistically as well. And, you know, she has over 300 wins. It's it's like her numbers are such mind-boggling numbers. But uh, it's, it's something she deserves. She's been so good for so long. I, you know, I really want to see what happens like, really what happens with her. I, I think she's going to be... I just think she's going to be great for for a long time. Uh, and I'm, I'm saying this because she's in her 30s. Like, her and, and Venus are up there in age. They're not young. You know, we still remember them when they were young and they came into tennis and how they captivated the world. But it's still, you know, such such a talented talented duo that continue to do it year in and year out and you can only you still don't see them quitting anytime too I just don't see it but hey who knows what I do know is uh, this is how we're going to wrap the show up hope everybody has a great weekend and just stay safe and like let's bring more positivity and love in this world whether you're a police officer you know black man we gotta there has to be a solution because it's getting out of control and I think that the world needs more love out here. So let's keep that in mind. And um, you know what? I thought about this song just because of the fact that Serena did pick up the win. And uh, she is heading to the finals. I thought it would be fitting if we play a song from the group that represents where she's from. She's from Compton. She's from Compton. So why not a little straight out of Compton, a little classic NWA as we play our way out. This has been Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. Catch you next Tuesday. Have a good one. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge.
Tell him where you're from. Straight out of Compton. A brother with his finger on the trigger. For months I take out, my rep gets bigger. I'm the ruthless villain and you know this. But the suckers in the public won't show this. But I don't really care, I'ma make my snap. If not from the wagons, from jacking a crap just like burglary. The definition is jacking. But when illegally armed, it's called packing. Like a fool out the set. I find somebody talking trash and put them in check. So if you're at a show in the front row, I'ma call you a sucker if you don't go with the flow. You probably get mad like a punk is supposed to. But that shows me, yo, you're composed to a crazy little brother from the street. Attitude legit, cause I'm ready to hit. If you ran, controls the automatic. For any fool in my way, it starts static. Not a right hand, cause I'm a hand itself. Every time I pull an AK off the shelf, the security is maximum, and that's a law. REN spells rim, but I'm raw. See, the people know me as a villain. The definition is clear, you're the witness of a killing. It's taking place without a clue. And once you're on the scope, you know you're through. Look, you might take it as a trip, but a brother like Rand is on a gangster tip straight out of Compton. Compton, Compton, Compton. Compton. 